Lekutu Sichis, Volume 18, the fifth Sicha on Korach, Part A. Title of this article, Korach's War Demystified. Introduction. Korach, a first cousin of Moses, who Moses was the son of the oldest brother, Amram, goes to war with Moses for skipping over him in the hierarchy of honors and appoints the son of the youngest brother, Uziel, the head of family, to which Korach, the son of the second brother, Yitzhar, reacts with, demanding the highest honor of all to be the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. Hasidus wonders how, quoting from the Medvish, Korach was a smart man, so how can Korach have gone to war with Moses, who did everything only by the word of God, especially after Moses warns that only the one chosen by God, meaning Aaron, would make it out alive? There are three explanations in Hasidus. The first one is quoted in the name of the Norma Elimelech, which was um, authored by Rabbi Elimelech of Lezensk. And he says that Onkelis translates the word and Korach took, Vayikach Korach, as and he separated himself. This gives mystical insight into Korach's war, being that in Chronicles it says, and Aaron was separated to be sanctified as most holy, he and his sons forever, and specifically the Kohen Gadol, who in Leviticus it says, he shall not leave the sanctuary, but be completely submerged and isolated within holiness. Therefore, Korach demands, as it says in Numbers, so why do you raise yourself upon God's assembly? Now, upon God's assembly mystically means why and how is Aaron to draw down his influence of raise yourself, exaltedness upon God's assembly so that it permeate them. Korach was demanding that the Kohen Gadol be of one whose spirituality is all about separation, such as Korach. The second insight comes from Or HaTorah, which was authored by the Tzemach Tzedek, Rabbi Nachman of Lubavitch. In connection with the above, Korach was a Levite and Aaron a Kohen. Korach was demanding that the high priest must be a Levite and not a Kohen because, mystically speaking, the Levite manifests the service of Eb, upward, while the Kohen manifests the service of flow, downward. Being that the world is not a vessel to receive the revelation of divinity, therefore its relationship with God must be one of ebb, leaving the inferior world, yearning upward to God. And the third explanation to this Korach's war is in Lakuta Torah, authored by the Alter Rebbe Rav Shnei of Liadi. Our sages tell us, Rashi in, in the book of Numbers, that Korach represented his demand with questions to Moses. The first being concerning the mitzvah of tzitzit. The verse says, they shall make for themselves fringes on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and they shall affix a thread of sky blue wool on the fringe of each corner. Hence comes along Korach's question. Does a cloak made entirely of blue wool require fringes or is it exempt? He, Moses, replied, it does require. They began laughing at him, saying, is it possible that a cloak of another colored material, one string of blue wool exempts it, and this one, which is made entirely of blue wool, should not exempt itself? Mystically speaking, the garment represents the infinite circular encompassing light, while the fringes attached to the garment represent the finite 
linear permeating light. Korach was stating that the infinite circular encompassing light, that of the high priest, does not need fringes, a permeable downward flow from the high priest to upon the God's assembly attached. After the Torah tells us the story of Korach's war, it goes on to tell of God performing the miracle of Aaron's staff sprouting almonds, just as a testimony that Aaron was chosen by God, and then of the 24 gifts that God gave to the Kohen, which was a, as a, I'm quoting to you from the Talmud, a document that won challenge and that was deemed valid in court. So being that Korach challenged the kahuna, and then God validated it with the 24 gifts. The Rebbe therefore sees the 24 gifts as answering Korach's challenges to the kahuna. This is the Rebbe's approach in this talk of understanding and intertwining all of the above with an understanding of God's answer, weaving into this the mystical secrets of Gimel Tamos, the redemption of Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak of Lubavitch in 1927. And for the last part, see the article, part P, quoted, complete redemption. Okay, after the introduction. Amongst the, gifts list, amongst the gifts listed of, God told Aaron, Behold, I have given you the charge of my gift, offering, and as an eternal portion for your sons, there is the, I quote, and to the descendants of Levi, I have given all tithes of Israel as an inheritance. Now, how does this fit into the reason of listing these gifts after Korach's war on the kahuna in order to validate the kahuna? On the contrary, Korach was a Levite and of the important Levites. Why do we need to mention here the gifts to the Levites? Now, on a note, we may, we might answer that precisely because Korach was a Levite, hence through his war, may have damaged the realm of Levites. Therefore, after the war of Korach, the verse speaks of the gifts to the Levite in order to clarify that the war did not damage the realm of Levites. However, being that the gift to the Levites comes in continuation with the gifts of the Kohanim, clearly stating the connection of, it begins with, and the prefix vav, and to the descendants of Levi, it therefore leans to say that the verse is not removing a blemish from the realm of Levites, but rather emphasizing the virtue of Levites just as it is doing with gifts for the Kohanim. Additionally, being the Torah is precise, we must say that the gifts listed here are not a general emphasis of the virtue of the kahuna, but of specific and precise answers to Korach's demands and questions upon the kahuna. Explanation. Korach's demand was, see the introduction to this article from the Noam Elimelech, the high priest needs to be separated from all worldly matters, and therefore Korach wanted a different form of kahuna, in which the Kohanim would be detached from influencing the people. Unto this end, the Torah is responding with the people's gifts to the Kohanim of their worldly possessions, signifying the people's elevating their physical realm, transforming it to now be being part and parcel of the Kohan's realm of I am your inheritance. That's what God says to the Kohanim, which the gifts are to be given to God. Question. 
Seemingly, this does not fully answer Korach's erroneous demands. Korach was demanding an absolute separation and no connection at all between the Kohen and the below, like the gifts of the sacrifices which are completely given over to holiness. However, amongst the gifts, there were those that remained mundane, which the Kohen can use for personal pleasure. Explanation let us first understand why the gifts given to the Kohen is but a small part of the Israelites' total possession, to the point that the rule concerning some of the gifts is that it is forbidden to give more than the obligatory measurement, including the general law of, I quote to you from Maimonides, a person should never consecrate all his property or designate it as a dedication offering. A person who does so violates the Torah's guidance. He goes on to say, instead a person who distributes his money for mitzvot should not distribute more than a fifth. It is understood why the law would give a minimum amount. However, why give a maximum amount? The reason is, Chassidus explains that the difference between the Kohen and the Levite, see the introduction to this article number two from the Or HaTorah, is the different services of Eb, which is the Levite, strictness, justice, yearning, separating from below, and flow, which is the Kohen, kindness, absorbing, drawing into the below. Korach's demand of Kahuna was coming from his being a Levite, strict justice and ebb. As a Levite, which is justice, he felt that the world in its own beingness, definition and limitations, was not a vessel for divinity. Hence, Korach felt that the only way one can truly connect with God is through ebbing out of one's own beingness. With this, we now understand that the answer to Korach's mistake is not the gift in which the physical becomes all and only holy upon the altar, where cannot see that the below, as it remains below, can become a vessel of divinity. But rather, it is the gift which comes becomes the Kohen's possession, mundane, of, as Rashi writes, for distinction, he writes, for greatness, which means exalted, which is compared to a king, which is exalted, even a non-Jewish king, mundane, who gave a present to his friend. That's what these gifts are. So it is coming from the exalted, but it's being given to the mundane. Nevertheless, even the latter category of the gifts to the Kohenim does not fully express that the below, even as it remains in its beingness of a below, can connect to divinity. Why? A. Most of the gifts, the ten gifts, are in the Holy Temple. Four are in Jerusalem. First become holy only after which is given then from the table of high to the Kohen. So too, the gift of Teruma, the firstborns, first fruits, and Chala first have to be set aside for God and only then given to the Kohen. Number two, concerning the remaining ten gifts that are within the boundaries of Israel, the Torah has it that even they are in the possession of the Israelite. Nevertheless, they are not the Israelites, but rather from the very start, they are the Kohanes. Therefore, the verse goes on to speak of the tithing for the Levite, which a even after it is given to the Levite, remains absolutely mundane with no holiness. It doesn't first become holy unto God at all. And B, originally belongs fully to the Israelite until he gives it to the Levite.
Another dimension to Korach's error, see the introduction to this article number three from Lakute Torah. The blue talit, the garment, doesn't need tzitzis fringes. Now, the blue talit represents the refinement of the below happening from above, the infinite circular encompassing light, of which Korach maintained does not need tzitzis. The work of the below, the finite linear permeating light, to bring the refinement from above which is ultimately the above imposing itself on the below, internally drawn into the below, in which the below now makes this refinement its beingness. Therefore, even the tithing for the Levite, which is God's commanded, commandment, the above imposing itself on the below, is not the absolute answer to Korach's mistake. Rather, it is precisely that which remains his, the Israelites, after he separates and gives the gifts, which is the ultimate answer to the mistake of separating the above and the below. When a person, through giving away the gifts, truly recognizes and feels that what remains his is so only because God gave this to be his. And for this reason alone, he uses what remains his only in the fashion that God wants him to. This is when it is revealed that the below in its fullest beingness of being a below becomes internally connected with divinity. This is when there is the fulfillment of God's desire and purpose for creation to make for him, blessed be he, a dwelling place in the below, in that which remains mundane but is used only to serve God.